Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, everyone, for the generosity, for the gifts, pastor appreciation. I feel appreciated. Thank you for the words. I've gotten a few words this morning. And uh, they are right on. So one of the things, you know, just what Brenda was sharing with this oak tree is, um, you know, if, when we planted that oak tree, it was about as tall as me. Now, if you look on Onondaga Hill and you see the water tower on top of it, especially from 81, uh, you'll see a big tree. <laughs> it's one of the biggest trees in Onondaga Hill now. It's an oak tree that is planted above my father's ashes. And um, we go and visit it every so often and it is strong. And um, the word of the Lord is strong, and it wants us to be strong, and he wants us to be steadfast and strong. The Bible says this again and again, and so let's be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, amen? Let's get there. Let's grow up <laughs> into a tree, and, uh, you know, brothers, right now there's rumblings inside of me all the time. My wife gets the, the ear of it, you know, and I'm just, you know, there's, uh, it's just I can feel what God wants to do. And I can sense, I can hear it, I can feel it, I can see it, and it's like, you know, it's just kind of like wanting to move, and you're going to hear it today. I've, in fact, this message today, uh, I believe, is a prophetic message for this church, and I've never, ever said that before. And um, I believe that this is something God is really wanting to do in our lives and in this church, and... Um, and so I just, I, I'm going to preach it. In fact, I preached on the same scripture three weeks ago in Ezekiel um, 47, but this is a little bit of a twist to it. Um, so bear with me if you heard, you know, if you haven't heard that message three weeks ago, please go back. Uh, it talks about remain. But um, this is a little variation off of that with the same scripture. Um, so I want to just uh, get into that, but I do want to thank everybody for all your help with the fall festival. So can you guys just give it up? How many volunteered? How, in some capacity here, whether you donated candy or donated money for candy or served at the event, prayed for the event, if you just uh, helped out with the event in any capacity, would you just lift your hand? Come on, would you guys give it up for everybody here that served in this? I think we had, yeah, it was awesome. Um, we just opened our doors to the community. We want to bless them. We want to we meet some people. And if you came back, uh, whether you're watching online or here today, thank you for coming back. And you are welcome here. We had probably around 70 volunteers. We had about 1,500 people come through this place uh, last Sunday. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And we shared the gospel. We had a service in this room, a 30-minute service with kids. It went really well. A lot of people got saved, came to Jesus, got to know about Jesus. And so we're just blessed uh, that that all happened. This is making a lot of weird noises. Hold on. All right, let's try it. Nope. Still clanging around. You want me to just use a mic? I'll try it, I'll try it. If it, keeps, if it keeps making weird sounds, just give me a mic. All right, I wanna get into this. Has anybody, uh, can you think of the time that you've ever been thirsty? Think of the time, the most that you have been thirsty in your entire life, right? That you just didn't have any water around and you just, everybody, I see everybody grabbing their water now. Um, um, so... Uh, I remember my time, and some of you guys have heard this story again, but I have to share it because it's just, it so pertains to this message. And um, so uh, years ago, about 15, 10, 15 years ago, my sister and I decided to run this race called the Boilermaker in Utica. It's a 9.3 mile race. 
and uh, we sign up together. And the thing about me and my sister, we are both extremely competitive. And so I cannot let my sister, my younger sister, by the way, uh, beat me in a 9.3 mile, uh, you know, not a, not a marathon, but it's a, you know, run. And so uh, I am running this race, and it's the hottest day on, on a record <laughs> July, hot, hot day, 9.3, right, where, well, I won't get into gory details, but people... People were passing out along the way. In fact, that year, somebody died. They, they had, the ambulance came and brought them to the house. It was hot. It was extremely sunny and just, uh, you know, there was no shade. And we're running 9.3 miles. And at the last mile, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, am I going to make this? Uh, but in my mind, at the same time, in the back of my mind was, I cannot let my sister beat me in this 9.3. And so the last mile, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to give everything I got. I've already just ran 8.3. Now I have one to go. And I am just putting it into the highest gear that I have left. And I am just, just dehydrated at this point, exhausted. I crossed the finish line finally. And I am thirsty. <laughs> I, I have not drank anything for the last, you know, however long that took me. Um, I can't even remember. But the last 9.3 miles in this heat, and I was so thirsty that the Boilermaker is, you know, thousands of people there, and they have these pallets of different drinks all around. But there was no water. I could not find water. I found pallets of beer, but I don't really drink beer. I don't drink alcohol, and I know that's not going to probably help me right now. And so uh, then I found these pallets of very fine juice. And I'm like, that's so much sugar, like that'll just not be well with me right now. I was overheated and I'm looking around, where is the water? I'm looking, I'm looking, I can't find it, but I'm so thirsty that I finally just give in and say, you know what, I'll just drink this very fine juice and it's full of sugar and I just downed, I don't know, a few of them as fast as I could. And they didn't taste good until they came back up. They tasted better coming up than they did going down. I'll just say that. But I was so overheated that I just put this in and my body was so hot that, you know, 10 minutes later, it all came back up. I was so dehydrated and so exhausted and so dry, so dead that I would just put anything into my body, not water. This happens in our own lives where we get tired, we get dreary, we get dead, we find dead places in our life. And instead of getting the water, the water in the Bible represents the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Instead of waiting for the Holy Spirit or waiting on the Holy Spirit or tapping into the Holy Spirit, we just fill our lives with anything else just to try to fill that thirst that we have in our lives. This emptiness that, that resides in us that wants more, right? We always want more. And it always seems like as much as we get, we always want more. I remember I remember like times on vacation, we're on vacation and it's like, oh, what are we going to do for the next vacation? Wait, aren't we on vacation? Or there's times when we, uh, we get this money or we get this bonus or we get taxes back, right? And we get this extra money. We're like, yes, we get this money. But it's never enough, is it? It's never enough. We always want more. Oh, I can't wait till I get this much money. Then I'll be happy. I can't wait until I get this promotion. Then I'll be happy. I can't wait until this situation happens. Or maybe even relationships. And we try to fill this thirst with relationships or with money or with um, whatever. We just kind of, whatever's around, these pallets of beer and, uh, and juice, I'll just fill my life with these things because I can't find the water that will really satisfy. And we just stuff ourselves full of this and... <laughs> What happens with those things 
is no better than what happened to me at the Boilermaker. Those things make us sick. Those things don't help us long-term. Those things uh, are empty in themselves. They have nutritional value and they don't uh, bring the satisfaction to quench the thirst that all of us have deep down in our lives. And that is that connection we need that can only be found in drinking from the true living water, Jesus Christ. Nothing will ever satisfy your life like Jesus. Nothing can take its place. You can try and you can search this whole planet, this whole world, but you will never find anything that will satisfy your life like Jesus Christ. And you can keep pushing him aside. You can block him out. You can ignore him. But he is wanting to have a relationship with you. And if you continue to push out, and I'm talking to even Christians here in this place. You've received Christ. You know him. You've known him. But for whatever reason, you fill your life with all these other things instead of him. And you're becoming this dry, weary person. You know, a lot of people are walking around pretty dreary lately, aren't they? Well, until Micron, you know, the news of Micron, everybody's like, wow, everything's worth a lot more money, you know? But for the most part, people are dreary, people are tired, people are busy, people are overwhelmed, people are financially in struggle, uh, people are uh, dealing with oppression, depression. Anybody know what I'm talking about here, right? We all are having this, this heaviness at times, and we're wondering, why am I feeling so dry and empty and thirsty? And yet God is on the side shelf where we placed him that has all the answers and that's all the fulfillment we want. In Ezekiel chapter 47, it's a story about this uh, prophet, Ezekiel, who is taken by this man, it says, labels him a man, but it's probably an angel, and he takes him and he shows him some really cool things, and he takes him to this temple, and the temple represents the place of God. It's a place where people meet with God, and God meets with them. And in that time, the priest could meet with God, and God would meet with the priest, the priest on behalf of the people. And there was this connection, this relationship there. And so Ezekiel's taken to this temple in uh, the chapter, chapter 47, and all of a sudden, this water starts coming out from the temple doors. It's as if like, it was just leaking out of this door over here, over here, back, back through the front doors of our church underneath, just this water. And it wasn't a ton of water, but water was just coming out. And then it started flowing towards the east, the Bible says. And it starts traveling, traveling, traveling. And Ezekiel is allowed to walk in this water. And at first, it's just up to his ankles. And he goes deeper and he walks about 1,700 feet. Was that like a quarter of a mile, half a mile? And he walks and it, and it, and it gets up to his knees. And then he walks in a little deeper and it gets up to his waist, another 1,700 feet. And then he walks a little further, it's up to his neck, another 1,700 feet. And then he walks now like over a mile now, he's up and it's over his head and he's swimming in it. The emphasis of this, this scripture, this prophetic word right here, is that the deeper we get into God, the more we have of him. The more that we dig and walk with him and find time to be with him, the deeper that we'll get and the more satisfied we'll get with this living water that's not just up to our ankles, but it's, we're surrounded in it, we're swimming in him, in the Holy Spirit, that is. And God wants us to, and, and then he'll see why. So, and then he was taken down and saw this river and it's flowing um, and if you read the scriptures, it's flowing and it goes up over these mountains, which is a miracle, right? And we know this is uh, the prophetic word. Over the mountains and down through the valleys, up the mountains and down the valleys. And it finally gets to this place known, and we know it still to the, this day, as the Dead Sea. 
Has anybody in here ever been to the Dead Sea? Nobody? All right, so Bethany, Pastor Bethany's here. Her sister's been to the Dead Sea. And you can actually go to this place. It is the lowest place on the planet. It's 1,300 feet below sea level. The reason why it's called the Dead Sea is because there's nothing alive in it. Everything is dead. And uh, the reason why everything's dead is because it has 10 times more salt than the ocean. And its buoyancy is so much that you can, as a person, you could actually go into the Dead Sea and you'll see pictures. I didn't have any today, but you can look it up. You can go into the Dead Sea and you really can't sink. You can't, you know, if anybody doesn't know how to swim, this is a perfect place because you will not sink. You will float because of how much salt is in that water. And you'll just float and just people just float around in the Dead Sea and it brings, the salt brings healing to their uh, their pores, I guess, and stuff, but they can't stay very longer because it'll burn you. <laughs> so you can't, but by the way, you can't get much of a sunburn either because it's so far below, uh, 1,300 feet below the sea level and the rays aren't quite as dangerous. Anyway, just some fun facts. So there's Dead Sea here and there's nothing alive to this day around the Dead Sea. Everything in the Dead Sea is dead. There's nothing in it except salt and other minerals and water. And there's nothing around the Dead Sea. It's desert land, desert area, uh, except they've built, you know, some resorts and stuff for people to do all this. So it's dead. There's nothing there. And the Bible says that this river flowed from the temple. Everybody with me? The temple. God's house, God's place. And it flowed out from the temple through the high places and through the low valleys. And then it finally ended up in the dead, it emptied itself into the Dead Sea. And here's where we'll take, uh, read the scriptures itself. Um, in verse eight of Ezekiel chapter 47 says, he said to me, this water flows towards the Eastern region and goes down into Arabia, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever it flows. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So wherever the water, the river flows, everything will live. Everybody say live. Say it again, live. There are dead places that need to come to life. There are dead places in your own life that need to come to, that God wants to bring life to you. There are places in some of you that are so hidden in such dark places because you've been hurt so deeply that your whole side of that heart and that if you even think about it, it makes you cringe and it makes you say, I don't know, it's a dead place. It could be a relationship. It could be a past hurt. It could be all kinds of things. But I'm telling you today that when the river flows, it will come and it'll touch those places so gently, but it'll bring life out of dead places. Amen. There are places that God, I believe that the, the reason why that God wants me to speak this word again is because he wants to get across to this place that not only does he want to do this in our own hearts, but as a church collectively, this is what God wants to do. He wants the rivers from this place to rise up and to flow out from this church. And we're not alone, by the way. We're not the only church that God wants to do this with. And flow out from this place and go to the low places and to the high places to the mountaintops, to the valleys. You know, when I first uh, became uh, the lead pastor here, or asked, was asked to be, I said to God, God, I've heard prophetically, I've heard uh, from other people that think I should be lead pastor, but I need to hear clearly from you. And so over the next week, God gave me a couple of visions that I had, and one of them 
was this one where I felt like I was inside, you know, have you ever watched Gladiator, you know, in the Rome Coliseum, you know, like behind the stage and getting ready. And all these people, great people, my father was there and some elders of this place were there, old elders from the past were there, Pastor Paul Wagner, the founding pastor, you know, other pastors, other people in my life were just like getting me ready, preparing me. And all of a sudden there's this door that opened up and I walked out into this, uh, out this door because uh, it was time. And I walked out and uh, all of a sudden I realized I wasn't in a Coliseum, I was on top of this mountain overlooking all of Syracuse. And it was dark, it was really dark. And I remember thinking in my mind, I was like, whoa, I feel vulnerable, I feel naked, and I felt this dark presence. And I was like, ah, what am I supposed to do about this? Like I'm about to get destroyed here. And all of a sudden, it was like if God reminded me that I had a sword and I took the sword out of nowhere and just held it up. And the, the sword, you know, in the Bible represents the word of God. And I just held it up. And the guy was saying, preach the word of God. And all of a sudden, there was already a little bit of flickering lights in this valley. But all of a sudden, I held this word up and this thing shone bright. And all of a sudden, other lights started to come on. I believe that from this church, God wants to shine bright through this community. That rivers will come and rise up and go out into the valley into the deep places, into the dark places, to the hurting places, to the people that have no hope, the people that are lost, the people that have been um, marginalized, the people that have been then cast off, that God wants to go into those dark places. Even, you know, Syracuse, we know, we've read the papers that it's one of the highest uh, crime and poverty places in certain sections in Syracuse in the country. And God wants to come with those rivers and touch some low places in this area. And he wants to change things. He wants to bring life to dead places. That's what God does. That's who God is. And then it goes up into the mountaintops. And there's mountains in this area. I was just saying about Onondaga Hill. People on Onondaga Hill need people, need Jesus as much as people in the valley. Everybody needs Jesus. So this river flows high and low. This river flows in all uh, places. It, it flows in uh, all economical statuses. It flows in all um, denominations, it flows in all um, uh, origins, where we're from, it, it, it flows everywhere. And God wants this to flow anew and fresh. And so it goes on in verse 10, it says, fishermen will stand along the shore and in Gadai to Glium, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean. And if you go down for verse 12, fruit trees, will grow, uh, of all kinds, grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. The sanctuary, God's meeting place, God's church, God's people will flow to them. The fruit will serve for their food and their leaves for healing. Casey talked about, we had two people get healed this week in, in our, some of our crews. God wants to bring a life. He wants to bring this river. He wants to flow. He wants, to, before the river hit the dead places, before the river hit the Dead Sea, everything was dead. Once the river hit the Dead Sea, there's fishermen everywhere catching all kinds of fish, just like the Mediterranean Sea, which is extremely fruitful. This is miraculous. And this is what Jesus wants to do in this area. It's what Jesus wants to do in our own person. 
Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He brings life. He is life. In John 7, 38, the Bible says, out of believers' hearts will flow rivers of living water. Out of believers' hearts, this is the scripture, this is the word of the Lord. Out of believers' hearts will flow rivers, not trickles, (laughs) not drips, (laughs) but rivers of living water. Not dead water, not lethargic water, not salty water, living water will flow. Not sour water, living water. Where are you on this? Are your waters flowing from within you? Are, you? are you in the water? Are you getting into this water? Are you getting into Jesus? Have you uh, allowed the, the, you know, water does a lot of cool things, right? <laughs> we have six kids, and thank God we have one of those endless water tanks. Praise Jesus. <sighs> um, it's nice to have water, right? Water refreshes. There's nothing like a long day at work or play either way and going into like a jacuzzi or a bathtub or whatever, just ah, it's refreshing. There's nothing like after working really hard, being all sweaty, dirty, grimy, and getting in the shower and it's like ah. Water cleans, water refreshes, water we need it to live. We can't go more than three days without water and we'll die. Right? We need to put water into our bodies. Our water, uh, it, it helps things circulate. It helps things to move. It helps things to be refreshed, to be renewed. It rejuvenates us. There's so many great things about water, right? And the, of just natural water. But there's, Jesus is talking about this living water that wants to live, the spirit of the Lord that will do all these almost attributes like practice, real water does, but even in a greater measure. And when we are drinking from the living water, when we are with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit with us, when we open our hearts and say, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. I allow you to come and have your way. We open the door for this river to come into our own lives, to be filled, to be overflowing, and to pour out to others. Contrary to the times when we said, ah, I got this one. I don't need help. I can do it my way. I know how to handle this situation better than God. (laughs) Nobody ever says that, but we do it, don't we? We don't acknowledge God. We don't ask for his help. We don't allow the water to come. He wants to speak to different situations in our life. He wants to help us overcome uh, different habits or things that are destroying our lives. He, He wants to come and give us life. He wants to come, but some of us are just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm content. I can manage. I can do it. Some of us feel like we don't deserve the, the water. Some of us don't, don't, don't believe that, um, that, that uh, we might disappoint God if he allows the water in. Some of us, there's all kind of reasons of why we don't allow this, this river into our lives. Or we don't go swimming and, and walking into this river. But all of them, all of the reasons, no matter what they are, no matter what re- how, how justifiable you think those reasons are, are not excusable. Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And he has a purpose for your life. And he died on the cross so that you could have this. You didn't deserve it. You still don't deserve it. 
but he wants to give it as a gift to you anyway. And if you will allow him to, even in your inadequacies, and even in your shame and in your sin and your guilt and your fear and all these any other things, will open your minds, open your heart and say, God, I will receive what you have for me. He will come and you will experience God in a new measure that you've never experienced him before. He will bring life to dead places. He'll bring growth. He'll bring fruitfulness. He'll bring longevity, stability, peace, love, joy. You know, we have a, a, a vision for this church. Our purposes are that we experience God. We do this, you know, in the service where we pray every week. God, let people experience your presence in our services through worship, through the word. God, let people experience you in the first Monday that we have tomorrow night, seven o'clock. We're just gonna experience God's presence. We want this river to flow into people. We want them to get hungry and thirsty for Jesus. And by the way, all of us are hungry and thirsty for Jesus, just some of us don't realize it because we're filling it up with everything else. That doesn't satisfy. Jesus said, whoever drinks of these waters to the woman at the well will thirst again. We all know what it's like to thirst again. We get, attain something, we get something, and then it's great. And then a couple of days later, we're like, I'm thirsty again. Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water, the living water, will never thirst again. And this is the water that he's talking about. The Holy Spirit, this gift, and this is so, so portrayed so beautifully in this prophetic word from Ezekiel in chapter 47 of Ezekiel. Years, years ago, too, when I asked, you know, when God has called me to be the lead pastor, I, had, I told you I had two visions. I shared one of, one of them with you. The other one was this. I was actually seeing in my mind this area right here. And I saw wells, different wells up on this altar. And the wells, some of them were flowing with, had water that were, you know, spring fed, they were coming up from underground, but others were dead. And I remember God saying to me, there's gonna be wells that are gonna start, that are alive already, that are flowing, but there weren't very many, but there's gonna be a lot of wells that you're gonna have to dig and start all over, or start afresh, and they've never been dug here, but many of the wells that you're gonna come in contact with at the chapel are gonna be wells that were once here, but have lost their prime. And they just need to be dusted off a little. Reprimed. And when I lived in, uh, Louisiana, we lived in the country <laughs> for a little while, out in the middle of nowhere. And there's no running water there. There's no city water. It's not city. And some of you guys live out in the country and still ha and, and have uh, well water. And that's what we had in Louisiana. We had well water. And, you know, it's, we'd, you'd dig a hole down to the ground until you hit water. And there's, you know, a well and there's this pump and all this stuff. And, and sometimes when the power would go off, the pump would lose its prime. In other words, the pressure wasn't there. And so if you just turn the pump back on, the water wouldn't come up. And so we'd have to, I'd have to go out there, I'd have to siphon water up somehow or get water into this tank and, and make sure there was no air between there and, and the water would fill up and then you turn it on and all of a sudden the water would start flowing again and, and moving. And what I believe that God is saying to us today, there's some people in this place 
Some of you are so, like some of those wells that you have, uh, you, you've never experienced God's presence. You've never had this living water flowing from you. But there's other, many of you in this place that you've had this living water, but your pump needs to be primed again. You kind of let it, uh, the power go out, if you will. And, uh, you know, there's water down there, but you're not really uh, tapping into it or drinking from it. And I believe that God wants this living water to flow from this temple, from this church, into, uh, from all of us, that us as individuals, that God wants this living water to flow from within us to bring life to our own hearts and from there to the people in this area because God wants to be exalted and glorified in this place and in this area. He is not gonna be quiet. He is not gonna sit by. He's going to find a people that he can use to reach people that he loves. And he has chosen to give us this word today to say, hey, I want you to be those people. I hope that you'll be those people. Will you respond to my calling today and prime those pumps? Would you allow this river to flood your hearts again? You've allowed different, you've, you've drank from the Kool-Aid. You drank from the wrong rivers. You've drank in from the fruit juice that makes you sick. And you're filling yourself with things that don't satisfy. You're filling yourself with the beer pallets or these juice pallets. And God is saying, drink from his living water instead. And that means some of you are gonna have to stop doing some things and instead spending some time with God and asking him to fill you instead of trying to get your fulfillment from other things. If we want the rivers to flow in our own lives, we have got to do this. There's no shortcut. God is just not gonna come and just be like, all right, today's the day. It's time to get it. No, he is already, this is the day already. It has been time to get it. It's, that time has already passed day after day after day. He's already given us the Holy Spirit. He's always given us these promises. It's up to us to tap into it. Now, there are people in this place that have some really hurting places in their hearts. And I wanna be sensitive to you right now and say to you that I love you and that we are here for you. We have counselors in this place. We have pastors in this place. We have resources in this place and we will do whatever we can. If you watch the line, we will help you. But I'm gonna tell you right now, there's nothing that will help you as much as the rivers of the living God. And you need this more as much as anybody else in this place. God brings healing. God brings life. God brings hope. And if you will get into these rivers, he will do this for you. Some of you in this place are used, so used to being dead, so used to suffering, so used to being thirsty that you don't even realize that there is any more hope. And I'm telling you today, give God an opportunity. Get into the presence of God. Tap into these wells. This week, it could be as simple as, how do I, you say, Rich, how do I do this? How does this look practically? I wish there was like just an easy button I could just give you, just like, if you just press this button. <laughs> but the Bible is so clear that we are supposed to seek him first. Seek first. I talked about it last week at, to the kids. If we seek first him, meaning 
if instead of seeking after, we wake up and we're like, oh, I gotta do all this, and then, and then like, we're so tired that we just wanna escape and watch whatever. Instead of that, if we will spend time making God first in our lives, that I'm gonna seek God first today, that he's the most important thing. I'm gonna spend time getting to know God. And it's just like getting to know another, like each other. I'm gonna go talk to him, which we call prayer, but it's just talking to God. If you don't know how to talk to God, text 444-2100 and we'll send you some examples. We have papers of ways of how to talk to God that can teach you how to do this. Also, it's in the Bible. <laughs> um, you need to learn to read your Bible. Get to know what God is saying to you and how he, what his character is like and how loving he is and how holy he is, how perfect. And it's amazing. There's no shortcut. You've got to tap into this. This week, uh, I like myself personally, everybody's different, so I like to just get, you know, kneeled by their bed or whatever. I have to walk. And so if you look, this is, can you guys show that next picture? I think I have a couple pictures. This is where I go. I live in walking distance to this. Do we have a picture? This is Oneida Shores. And so that's where I was uh, a couple days ago. And there's a bench I'm sitting on right there. And that's where I just go next to some living water. It's, I know it's living because there's fish in there. And so, but it's not as good as Jesus. And so I just go sit here and just, God, I just, I thank you for this beautiful place. I thank you for your presence in my life. I thank you that you love me. And I'll just start worshiping him first and tell him how awesome he is. And he's really awesome. And we can never, we could just stay there. And then, uh, you know, there's different patterns to prayer. You know, I do like the Lord's Prayer, but not saying, just saying it, but actually going through it. Our Father, how holy is thy name? How will be thy name? That right there, I'm worshiping God. I'm saying how holy he is. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. God, have your way in my life. Have your way in my kids' lives. Have your way in this church. And I'll start praying about those different things and spend time there. And then I'll go to the next line and what that represents. There, there's that way. There's other ways. But just being with God. And when you could go, I think I have one more picture. You can go to, this is kind of just down a ways a little bit. This next picture, there you go. This, this is one of my favorite places. But um, and just be with God. I like to be out in places like this. Others like to be inside. Others like to, you know, listen to worship music. It, it, the, the point is we need to be with God. If we want the rivers to flow, you have to be with him. You have to have a personal relationship with him. It's not, God, it's great that you guys know about God but God wants us to have a personal, intimate relationship with him that is growing, not diminishing. And that's how I wanna end the service, to ask you that question. Is the relationship that you have with God over the past years been growing and flourishing? Or has it been diminishing and lacking? And if so, you have the opportunity today to do something about it. I believe that this is, a, is the word of the Lord today. I, I know I preached this, this verse three weeks ago, but I was so impressed by the Holy Spirit to do it again. And some of you, if you send me an email and say, Rich, you just preached that, I'm gonna say, I know, I told you when I preached it. <laughs> but I felt so impressed by the Lord that you know we watch the same TV shows over and over again sometimes. We read the same verses over and over again. Sometimes you need to hear the same message again and again because I'm telling you, this is where the life is. This is where life is. There's no shortcuts. There's no alternative. And stop drinking their very fine fruit juice. It will make you 
vomit. <laughs> and so get into the presence of the Lord, get into water, get into that living water. It is amazing. Swim in it. It refreshes. It brings life. Some of you have never experienced this. And I'm so excited for you because you're going to experience God in a whole new measure even today. Come on, let's pray. Bernie's coming and he's gonna play something and I wanna do things a little bit different today. I believe that God is causing living waters to flow up from this temple, from this, when I say temple, it's really where the people of God this church represents, the church meaning the people in this church, represents God's people. And from there, we are the temple together. And that, that spirit of the Lord wants to rise up within us. Those waters want to rise up within us and flow in this place. And I, I believe that there's rivers that are going to flood this place and go out of these doors in the valleys and the mountains into the dead places all around here and even in our own hearts. And so I'm just gonna just ask that you would join in this river swimming. <laughs> that you would, maybe you don't, you're not ready to dive into the deep end, but at least start walking up to ankle deep. At least start somewhere that God, I realize that my life needs to be alive. And there's some dead places. God wants to bring life. He wants to bring wholeness. He wants to bring healing. If you'll say, God, I want to be one of those people that you, your river flows from. You know, Jesus said this, guys. He said, rivers of living water will flow from those. The believers, from those believers. Here we are, believers, chapel. We should have a living water flowing out from out of us more in a greater capacity and more in a greater capacity. So God, I just pray for your people. I pray for each of us. God, I pray that we would come and start to walk in your waters, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, even swimming. God, that we'd come and allow your spirit to start moving in the different places within our heart to bring healing and wholeness and that we would encounter you in new measures and new ways. And God, that that would bring such a life to us that we would, this water would start to percolate and just flow out from us into others. And everywhere, everywhere the water touched, the Bible says it brought life. So wherever we go, any people we touch, any places, businesses that we are part of bring life. God, we come to you, the source of life, the source of this river. And again, we ask God that you would flood our hearts with your spirit today. God, that you would remove any dams that would stop you from flowing, that you would um, open our hearts wider, allow them to be deeper, to allow these streams to flow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
Look, we're just going to spend a little bit of time here and um, just have a few minutes. And I just want to open up this altar. I'm not going to ask the prayer team to come. Please actually don't come yet. <laughs> uh, and just, you know, it's something that when we come, it's, a, it's an act of faith that we say, God, I do want you. And we're telling, it's not about the people in his place. It's about telling God that, God, I want you. And I'm willing to step up in a place of believers to come to this place and say, God, I want you. And I want your rivers. And I am willing to take a step of faith to receive that from you. So if you're here today, you need a primary pump, or if you've never experienced God's presence as his living water, the Holy Spirit, I want to ask you just to come to this place and almost as if there's like a river at this altar that you can step into and say, God, I want what you have for me. There's no condemnation. If you don't feel like you can do that, it's fine. I, I'm not saying God won't do it any other way because he will, but is the opportunity to step out in faith and receive what the Lord has for you today. The altar is a special place that we need. It's one of the wells in this place that needs to be reprimed, tell you the truth, because miracles happen at the altar. Burdens are let go at the altar. Healing happens at the altar. Recommitments to the Lord happen at the altar. Real communication with God happens at the altar. And again, not that it can't happen in other places, but today, if that's you today, say, you know, I need more of this river in my life, or I need to be reprimed, or I need it for the first time, would you just come up to this altar? The worship team's gonna sing a song, but it's more just, God, I'm stepping up in faith, and I'm gonna step into this and receive what you have for me. I'm gonna open my heart to you. Would you do that today? If you would, come. Come now. I'm the first one in it. <laughs> Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.